Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they bought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Stephanie Fidus. Stephanie uses she, her pronouns, is currently seeking opportunities in publishing while working on the first draft of her novel with the Players Conservatory. By leaning into wellness, she developed her own process for healing when you cannot find closure. Ooh, hi, friend. <laughs> hi. Uh, I, Steph and I off mic were catching up. So we went to college together and I haven't seen her probably in like the eight years since I graduated exactly. college. Really? So. It's been, it's been forever. Yeah, it's been forever literally forever i'm gonna i'm gonna come back and visit uh steph lives back in new york now but is trying to move to connecticut and i'm trying to convince her not to move to new haven but (laughs) no shade to new haven i just feel like there's other opportunities out there so Uh, so i'm really excited to talk to you today because i feel like you i've watched you over the years like really working through closure and healing and so for us to be talking today about the topic you picked was what I have learned and the tools I have found that have helped me from help me heal from relationships lacking enclosure, both friendly and romantically. And I am such a big person around closure, around boundaries, around healing. And I just feel like I was talking to someone the other day around about grief and how mm. grief is not linear and we should not be telling people how long you like have to grief all like have to grieve yes, all in exactly. Um but yeah, I would love to just just hop on in. Like, what got you started on this journey? Was it a specific relationship? Was it just getting older and be like, oh god? <laughs> so, um, it's kind of been a whole series of relationship endings. Um, so in 2018, my boyfriend and I broke up. But the way that we broke up was so messy. It just, um, it was just very open ended, and there was a lot of confusion and hurt. Um, and we never got that final conversation of like, you know, well, why did it end? Like, what brought us to this place? Like, where did we go wrong? Um, you know, so I kind of, it was a weird situation. So he ghosted me essentially. And for months and months, there was no communication, which was fine. Great. I wasn't, you know, I kind of just started doing my own thing. I started going to the gym more and I started talking to friends that I hadn't seen in a long time or talked to in forever. Um, you know, I started going out with those friends. I started doing more things with my family and like reconnecting with them a little bit. Um, you know, and then he kind of came back into the picture and we were like, okay, well we had this conversation, like, you know, you apologize that you left and that was great. Apologies are wonderful, but there was no, there was no decision made like there, we didn't get back together, but we also didn't really say what we were doing. Um, and so in that, you know, I kind of had to decide like, well, 
how am I going to proceed? Like, what do I really want? And my decision was, you know, not to tell him the usual and be like, hey, let's get back together. Let's try to make it work. The My cho choice in the process was just, um, okay, I'm just going to start the healing process and like, you know, moving on and make it very clear that like, we're not dating, but you know, he did the, oh, well, why don't we be friends thing? And I was like, okay, sure. If you want to be friends, great. Of course we didn't like communicate ever really. And so that in that it was still that open-endedness. It was like, we didn't really make a decision still. You said, let's keep communicating and let's do that. Um, and so, you know, this year I think is really when we kind of decided finally, like, we don't really want to talk anymore. And he, um, I sent in this text and I was just, just catching up to see how the pandemic was, you know, treating him, see if he was okay, if his family was okay. And he didn't answer. And so for me, you know, usually that would hurt someone, but for me in my brain, I was like, oh my God, a decision was finally made. Like we finally got to that point where somebody broke the chain of communication. And I'm like, okay, this is great. Like now I can really like do this and get going. But so, you know, along, along the way of that, you know, I, I've been dealing with um, friends that have stopped speaking to me and uh, that was very hurtful. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of been a way of like, how do you keep moving when people have just kind of come in and out of your life? So I think that's kind of what got me started on like finding, finding things that created like this path of healing, even though the hurt was still happening. And, you know, there have been so many people that have told me like how to do it, but I found my path and I kind of stuck to that. Um, yeah, I, I have, so, I'm so excited to talk to you about this. Um, I kind of want to, I want to touch back to what you're saying when like he didn't respond to you. Mm -hmm. And I think the best advice or the best like thing I've ever heard was my friend, Christina, her mom once told us that like, no answer is an answer, right? Yes, like you can exactly. keep trying over and over and over. Um, but it, it could be to your detriment. It could be, I just, I just always think about that of like, okay, you've stopped answering. That's great. That door is shut. And, and I always think about like, I used to be such a people pleaser, like to my own detriment and making other people happy and just being like, I have to keep this open. Like I have to be the one to keep in touch. And now right. I'm like, it, it, every relationship is a two-way street. Like you have to be, it has to be reciprocated and we have to all be putting in effort. And so like, that's been my like journey into healing too. And and, and we're going to, it's going to be a great conversation. I, I always tell people that like, I, I think I first started giving myself myself permission to have closure when I was like 15, 16 years old when my mom passed. And I was like, this mm. is a thing I physically cannot control. So as a person right. who was very like staff control, it was like a thing I couldn't do. Um, but then also my dad and I stopped talking when I was 18. And so I, it always sounds very flippant, but I always tell people like, I don't talk to my own father. So you not <laughs> liking me or not talking to me really <laughs> doesn't affect me. And, and yes, obviously like it's a wall I put up and it's a way that I've like kept myself going, but it's actually also like really helped me with boundaries and closure. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think about that too. Like I have a friend actually who we went to college with. Um, she and I used to be best friends and all of a sudden she graduated and started dating someone new and she just stopped talking to me, like wouldn't answer calls, wouldn't answer texts, like block me on social. Like I, we just, she, that was the boundary she, she set. And so I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, but that was probably like the biggest like heartbreak I've ever really felt. It's like, I think friendships <laughs> hurt more than relationships all the time. Definitely. Yes. Um, and so I, a friend of ours that went to college with us too, um, 
he took his own life. And so I called her and she didn't answer. So I had to text it to her. I was like, Hey, like Dave passed away. And she literally just goes, thanks for telling me. And that was when I was like, okay, like that was, that was it for me. And I think that's also really shaped my, my ways of communication for sure. Like I tell people, like, I know a lot of people, I don't have a lot of friends. And that comes from that, like just being so heartbroken and so guarded and learning how to give myself permission to, to heal and move on. Um, And like you're saying, just really sitting back and, and a lot of the time I would always make, well, I'm the common denominator in all of my issues. It's like, Mm -hmm. what did I do wrong? How could I fix it? And then also being like, but if that other person isn't willing to take responsibility that has that, I can't do that. Um, And that's honestly the biggest part of it. Yeah. Is like, is admitting to yourself that yes, you played a small, maybe a small role in what went on. But it's not solely on you. Like, even if it seems like it is you, like the circle is around you, it's it's not always. There's two people in every friendship, relationship. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just, you know, it takes two to make a mess and it takes two to clean it up, honestly. Yeah. And and I think that's that's probably been the most interesting thing too. And like I was saying about like grief and mourning and so many people, like you're saying, who gave you advice on like what should work and how it should work and and people mean well it's just like everything isn't going to work for everyone right um and so like I ended a number of friendships a couple years ago and now and I cried almost every day about it like it was it was miscommunication and hurt people hurting people and Mm -hmm. all these different things and you know over the last couple years I've just been very I've been very particular like I said who's my friend but then also like around grief and giving people permission to grieve right like Exactly. When, when someone di- like leaves this earth or you know dies, we give we still like you can cry for like a month because you have to start moving on with your life. Or I once had a girl tell me like my mom died when I was fifteen and I was eighteen. I was a freshman in college and a friend I've known since I was eleven. She goes, "You really need to get over the fact that your mom died." And I was like, Oof. "Like damn." Like that's not how grief works, right? No. Like I will miss my mom every not day for the all. rest of my life, and so for her to just be, but her grandfather died the year before my mom, and so she still is like a quote allowed. But I I think it's like people expect you to be so bubbly and happy, especially as a woman, particularly with me mm. being a woman of color. Like I am expected to like always show up and always be happy, and so not give not saying that she was right at all. I just think a lot of people think that a that I'm supposed to always like be making people comfortable and my grief right. made her uncomfortable. Um, and same, I think, go ahead. I think one of the things what that happens with that, especially is when they see you, when they, they see you come back to life and start living again, you know, you're, you're not over your grief. You never will be, and you don't have to be. I think it's just that they confuse that with, oh, well, she's over it now. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to worry about that. But then when you do have moments where you want to express what you're feeling or you want to remember them and you just, or days that it just brings you down, you know, and that can be a stretch of like 24 hours to like weeks and that's fine. But I think it confuses people because they're like, oh, she was fine for so long. So what happened? Mm-hmm. It's it's such a weird balance that I don't know why people don't understand because death happens to all of us at some point. And I think people are just, you know, forgetful that everyone is human and everyone needs to express what's going on. Yeah. I think another thing too, is like, I had a friend pass away. Um, and a lot of people didn't know how close we were. Um, we had a very, not private friendship, but it was just ours. Like Mm -hmm. we hung out all the time. He was dealing with addiction. Um, actually I have a tattoo on my ankle for him after he passed. 
Oh, that's nice. And a lot of people are like, I would show up to the thing. People are like, well, why are you crying so much? I'm like, we were actually like very mm. good friends. Like his family <laughs> knew, but our like mutual friends were like, I had no idea you guys were even friends. I'm like, it wasn't right. for, for you, right? Like our friendship was ours. And even then still like people being at the funeral and being upset that I was so upset. And I was like, this, why are we gatekeeping grief? Why do mm-hmm. we only allow it to be what we determine what it's quote allowed to be? Right. Um, and, and just- so like I have a couple of friends going through really hard times yesterday and I talked to one of them yesterday um, and we were, she was telling me, sorry, they were telling me how one of their friends just suffered a miscarriage and didn't know um, if she would post about it. And this friend was telling their friend, like, you are allowed to post whatever you want to post. Right. Um, I was like, I think it's because we gatekeep grief so much. Like we are expecting, mm-hmm. especially women to like, just be sad on your own. And we see this a lot with like, um, like um after women have babies and they get super depressed and everyone just expects yeah. you like you're supposed you just had a baby you're supposed to be happy and so it's also like siloing us into silence um so I was like I think I think everyone just constantly needs to hear like you are allowed to be whatever level of happy sad angry you want um you are allowed to to try to find whatever works for you um mm-hmm. I tell people like I my, my like mantra in life is like trying to do my best while trying to do the least amount of damage possible. Like I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm not trying to perpetuate like hurt people, hurt people. Um, but I'm like in the process of also healing. And so I think it's, it's that too, of like, we are allowed to, like we're saying, find whatever healing we need to find in that and like shut whatever door we need to shut. But like grief is for everyone and we don't get to tell people how and how long and in what capacity they get to grieve. Exactly. And I think, I think he brought up a good point about like posting too, is, you know, if, when people are more open about their lives or about just how they live them and like the things that are going on, I think people then expect things from you. And when you choose to do something privately, then they're like, well, why aren't you telling us what's going on? Why aren't you telling us how, Mm -hmm. how you're feeling? Like, you know, what was happening with um, Chrissy Teigen last November people were like, oh my God, why isn't she saying anything? Well, what's happening? What's going on? Like, well, how is she feeling? And you know, then when she did say something, people were like, oh, well, what did you do wrong? So it's like, mm-hmm. it's like this un- indelicate balance of like, everyone's going to either blame you or be like super obnoxious about it. So it's, I think it's like a world problem in my opinion, the way that we handle people who are upset over things from death to just, you know, the loss of a friend friendship or something. Yeah, I think that's a, uh, been the catch-22 about social media. Like, everyone thinks that they deserve the right to have access to everyone's life, emotions, failures, and successes. And it's like, I get to share what I want to share, especially, like, on mine. Mm-hmm. I try to share the good and the bad. But there's, like, times when I'm just like, I don't feel like posting this week. Nothing has happened. I just don't have it in me. Right. Um, exactly. And everyone's like, well, are you okay? Is anything wrong? I'm like, I'm just taking some space. Like I'm allowed to not share right. for a week. <laughs> like, um, it's like, I don't have to look at my phone if I don't need to. Right. I'm like the boundary and I'm setting is, is this. Um, but yeah, I think I, I want to circle back to relationship closure. And I feel like I have to give the caveat of, I've never had a relationship longer than three months, which is, I don't know like, why it's such a thing to me. Um, but I always feel like people come to me for romantic advice. I'm like, I'm the queen of boundaries. I don't know if I'm the queen of romance, um, but I was like, I know what my, like <laughs> my, uh, my do's and do nots of romance in my, in my head are right now. Um, but I've been thinking a lot around 
relationship closures because a lot of people have been asking like how do you get over an ex so fast and blah blah blah. Mm. I was like first of all it's not fast it's just like it's I, definitely not fast at all no. I was like I process things by myself like uh one of my best friends we were talking I I was um dealing with some depression a couple weeks ago and she's like do you want me to come over do you want to talk about it? I was like oh I'm like I'm an only child um and I'm very much a process by myself <laughs> and then share it out person like I will journal about it I'm like I started therapy when I was 15 like I am very introspective of when I like deal with things, like I appreciate mm-hmm. you so much, but like I'm very much like a work through it myself and then talk about it. Right. Um, but one of the things that a lot of people have been, like I said, have been asking me about is is breakups. Mm-hmm. And my friend asked, like, how do you get over an ex so quickly? And I was like, I have a clear boundary of I have to delete everything. Um, that's text messages, that's your contact, that is, I don't follow you on social, I'll probably block you on social. Um, I'll delete all of your emails, all your texts. I'm like, and it's not me trying to like speed up the move on process. It's mm-hmm. like the boundary I'm setting is like, okay, this relationship has ended. And in order right. for me to respect that, I need to not have access to you and vice versa. Right. Um, cause I'm very much a forgiver and no matter like how bad it is, I will always like try to keep people in my life in some way, shape or form something I'm working on. Um, Same. I do the exact same thing, but that's, and everyone's like, how do you do that? I'm like, I literally go in and delete it. Like everyone's like, I was like, again, I don't talk to my own father. So like, I'm fine. Like I've been (laughs) like, once you're gone, you're the delete button is big. Yeah. And it's funny. Like I was telling a friend the other day, she was asking like, you know, that person you're into. And I was like, I need more details. Like my brain, (laughs) my brain will delete things. Like I kid you not. My friend's like this girl, like she was blah, 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 blah. I was like, it took me like a good 20 minutes. Like like I had to reboot my brain. Like, oh, that was like, that was like six months ago. Like that was my brain is like, that's, a, that's, a, that's an extra hard drive. We don't have that at capacity right now. Right. That's on the um, external drive. That's, that's on, locked away. That's in the office downstairs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so sorry, tangent. Um, I just, that, that, that's the boundary and the closure I set for me. It's like, I give myself closure. Like mm-hmm. I will, I'm also the queen of like writing letters that I'll never send. Like just. Oh, I love doing that. It's, it's so cathartic to do that. It is my favorite thing. I probably have like 15 letters in this drawer I found the other day. of just like, these are the things I'm going to write. And I need to like, not, I'm not sending them. This is just for me to get my thoughts out. And I've had friends who like do like voice, like recordings. I have like, people who like actually mm-hmm. like write and send them. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I think that's like been my biggest thing of like, I have to remove the access from myself in order to give myself closure. Yeah, no, definitely. And I know a lot of people that do that. I have never been so good at the whole deleting thing. I mean, um, when, when he and I broke up, um, I did start deleting like photos and like, you know, memories and stuff like that. But the thing I could never get rid of was contact information. And I don't even know why. Cause like, I wasn't reaching out to him, but I also didn't want to like, not be able to know if he was reaching out to me. I felt, I felt like it helped me more to leave his number in my phone unblocked and like open so that I could know every day that he was not texting me. He was not calling me. And, um, you know, my therapist thought I was crazy. She's like, you do not. She's like, why are you doing that? She's like, why do you still have his contact information? I was like, because then how will I know, you know, that he's definitely not reaching out to me. I was like, do you, I was like, when you block someone, you can't tell if they're sending you texts or calls. Like, then you're always going to have that thought in your mind. Like, Oh, are they actually reaching out to me? And like every day you're going to spend an hour, like unblocking and reblocking and unblocking and reblocking. So finally I just left it unblocked and like open access. And I was like, 
you know what? I actually feel much better doing this because I know that this guy is not trying to get in contact with me. So oh, it, I feel like that definitely helped me a lot more. But the, the biggest thing that I did to start like moving forward was just going to the gym more. And uh, I started boxing, just hitting something felt really good. <laughs> so now mm-hmm. that's been like my, my extreme outlet when I, when I start to feel the emotions of, you know, hurt from that relationship or any other, um, I just, I go box and it's amazing. Uh, two things. I, th- I think I'm a robot. Like, I don't even think about it. Like I was like blocked goodbye. Like you are out. Like, and I, and <laughs> I need I, my brain to do that. And I won't even think about it. And people are bringing up, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like my brain is just like <laughs> hard line in the sand. We are done. Um, and then, yes, I love healthy escapism. Um, we love going to the gym. We love new hobbies. I have found like whenever I'm very anxious or very sad, I will bake because I have to like focus on a recipe. Like if I cook, yes. I can just like throw things about, but recipes I have to like follow in baking. Um, yeah, it's same, like go for walks for hours on end, listen to audiobooks, like keeping myself busy, but in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really, I really feel you there. Um, and then I feel like when closure comes to relationships, I feel like everyone wants this like big, like I, everyone's like, I need closure, I need closure, I need closure. I'm like, what I have learned in my life is like, you have to give yourself the closure, the apology, the mm-hmm. whatever you need to move on exactly. that this person may never give you. Right. And that, that can be through journaling. That can be through role play with the therapist that could be with role play with a friend. Like, but if you, your whole life are waiting for closure with that one person, one, we don't know how that person is healing. So I feel like that's, I don't want to say selfish, but that's the best word that comes to my brain of like, <clears throat> you're asking that person to, to take your emotions on so that you can be better. Right. Um, and so like, yeah, I've had friends like, I just need to talk to him, him her, they um, to get closure. And I'm like, that may never happen. So are you willing to like, right. wait, wait your whole life? for closure that you could somewhat grant yourself right now. And Um, I think that was one of the things that drove me to, um, you know, to keep on what I was doing at first, I'll admit, I I didn't realize that that was going to be how I received closure in that one particular situation. It took me three years to get there. So that's why I always tell people like, just do what you need to do and whatever makes you feel better. And one day you'll get to a place where you're like, you know, you have that realization almost, you know, it, took me a long time and then it only like only a couple of weeks ago did I realize that that was exactly what I needed was I needed one of us to stop the chain of you know let's have a conversation later and then that conversation never comes and then six months later you say oh we're gonna have a conversation we're gonna talk about things and then it never happens because it just keeps it keeps the madness going but you know so when he finally didn't respond or you know didn't even look at it I was like okay this is what I needed to tell me like that's what he wants what he wants is not to talk about this anymore. What he wants is not to have any involvement with me. And that's fine. Like that's how he's doing things. And I've been doing things my own way. So let's like, that's just going to be the end of it. And I, I feel so silly always telling people this, but um, one of the things that, one of the things that really made me sad the last few years that I haven't been able to do is watch 
a lot of our TV shows and movies that we were in the process of like watching together. So like he and I saw Infinity War and we were going to see Endgame together, but then we didn't get to see it together. And we started watching Stranger Things together and we never got to finish the series because season three came out after we broke up. So the other day when I had this whole realization, I was like, huh. I was like, let me try to sit down and watch Stranger Things. Because usually what happens is I turn it on and two seconds into the thing starting, I start to sob like heavily and I cannot like move from my seat. I just have to let myself cry for like hours, but I don't always want to do that. I'm like, I don't have time to cry right now. I have things to do tomorrow. Like I can't wake up with this mind splitting like headache because I was crying all night. Mm -hmm. So I turn it off. But then when I realized like, I think I got what I needed, I feel like this weight came off my shoulders I turned it on and sure, I cried for three or four episodes, but I watched the whole show and I was so proud of myself because I was like, this is a thing that I said I was never going to do because of this person, but I finally sat there and did it. And it took even more weight off my shoulders, honestly. I, I don't know why, but it really felt like an elephant was standing there. And then it felt like I had all this freedom to just be, I, I don't know. Mm. This is why I don't watch TV with people. <laughs> That's I, usually my rule too. Yes. I'm I'm a big like sit and, and binge watch on my timeline. Like one of my best friends can like sit and watch TV for like days. And I'm like, I can't like my brain, I can't sit still that long. Um, but also like I have shows that I love that I don't want to get ruined. So you just mm-hmm. you just va- validated that for <laughs> me of like just stick to just do your own thing. If you find us really together, great. But yeah, I just yeah, I, I think about that too of like. And you like you never know what's going to like, for lack of a better term, like trigger you, right? Like you're mm-hmm. saying, like you thought you were okay and like you still cried, which is totally fine. But um, I think a lot of this, the time, like I used to, this person I used to date, we used to walk the lake trail that's in Austin together, mm. and I was doing that before she and I started even seeing each other. Um, but then it became like our thing, and yeah, for a long time I like couldn't bring myself to walk, and I was like. I got so mad, like, she can't take this from me. This was mine first. Like, so with me, I'm just stubborn and I have to like make myself, like I will, I'm like exposure therapy. Like I will do something just to make myself cry and like get Mm -hmm. over, quote, get over it faster. Um, But like, I, like you were just saying, like, I don't have time to cry. Like I have too many things to do to sit here and cry for four hours. Um, So then that's the thing too, about around like the closure I've been really gifting myself the last few years is like, you are allowed this much space this is the time we will set today um sometimes i'll set a timer but you have two hours to cry (laughs) figure it out um like taking a nap like here you go this is the time i'm allotting you today um but i i just think a lot of people need to know that like again you you are allowed to do what you needed to need to do for yourself there there are no Mm -hmm. rules there are no parameters if if watching a show makes you sad and you have time to sit in the sadness, do it. If you don't, then don't like, you don't have to right. punish yourself for it um, and do it when you're ready. You know, if like, I would tell my friends like, Oh, you know, I can't watch this thing yet because you know, he and I used to watch it and they would look at me like, well, why don't you just sit down and do it? And I'm like, cause I can't get there yet. Yeah. So like when you, when you feel in your bones that you're ready to be in that place, that's when you do it. It doesn't like, even if you're in the middle of doing something else, just stop everything and be like, okay, I need to do this thing. Like right now it needs to get done. Okay. So like what tools would you say you have now around like healing and grief specifically? So one of my biggest ones is journaling. Um, Probably the gym. I 
started working out with a trainer this year and it has Mm. been the best thing for me because it's like it's like having a friend but you know not really a friend like you don't have to tell them what's going on in your life but it's just it's someone to get like the well for me like my fitness part of my life like really going because I really like when somebody's like engaging with me in the gym and I'm like talking to someone and it's just it's just something for you to do honestly um and then the third one has been I go to these meetings with um this group called Heartbreak Anonymous um it was started by Naz Perez and um I think she started it because um, somebody came and told her, you know, about a horrible breakup that they were going through. And they were like, I can't tell any of my friends this. And she just kind of poured her heart out to this stranger. Um, And at the same time, she had also been going through um, a similar breakup that was really rough. You know, she didn't really have anyone to talk to. Her friends are kind of done hearing about it. And so she started this group and you can just go and it doesn't have to be a romantic heartbreak. It can be anything. It can be, you know, a friendship. It can be the loss of a job, the loss of a pet. you know, romantic loss, obviously. Um, But it's anything that is, you know, hurting you right now. And the only requirement is that you come with the feeling of that you're going to find hope in the end of all of this. So I, but I've been going to those. um, And I find it very helpful because there are so many people out there who are going through exactly the same thing that I'm going through, you know, a breakup that happened a couple of years ago, and it's still painful, or like, you know, you're still dealing with the like what I call the grit of it, you know, the like little details that nobody thinks about, mm-hmm. you know, you're not really looking for that person anymore, but you're still focusing on the hurt that you're still feeling. So I think those have been honestly the three biggest keys to like what I've been doing lately. I need to know there's a heartbreak anonymous in Austin now. Cause it's, I feel like this is so cool. I also feel like dating in Austin is terrible. And so many people go mm-hmm. to like so many people would like enjoy <laughs> going to these two. Uh, well so the beauty of heartbreak anonymous right now is that it's virtual and i think i'm hoping she's planning on keeping it virtual normally it's based in los angeles um but during the pandemic she was like it's really important that you know we reach out to as many people as possible so it's been it's been really great because you connect with people from all over the country some have been in other countries it's it's been really an interesting experience oh, love that i'm trying to think about like my tools are right now you like yours are so succinct I'm like ooh, definitely journaling I feel like I've been doing a lot of journaling lately I just gave my notice at work and I'm going back mm-hmm. to full-time consulting mm-hmm. so like been journaling and like manifesting oh that's a big step yeah yeah it's scary but exciting I'll be fine <laughs> I can always go back to a nine to five but I'm like you know I'm not partnered I don't have any kids you know right things get rough for a while I can figure things out and it'd just be me figuring things out so yeah that's like that's a lot of things that push me into doing it now I love that um so journaling for sure um talking to people um I'm not seeing a therapist right now but I think just constantly being in conversation with people from this show Mm -hmm. to friends to you know what have you just just people in general Um, And like I said, baking or cooking, I will always find a way to make something. I tell people like, I am not a tactile artist. Like I don't paint, I don't have clay, but like I can cook, Mm -hmm. I can write. Um, I'll just make myself sing or dance around the kitchen. Like that's like any sort of like body movement has been a lot of freeing expression lately. So find what works for you, everyone, because we're all just figuring it out. Exactly. Honestly, I actually, I forgot one, one other one that I do. I play, not that I play a ton of video games, but I've been connecting with friends over this game, Fortnite. Um, actually I connect with one of our uh, common, uh, mutual friends, Ricky, he and I play, uh, (laughs) he and I play Fortnite almost every night together. 
but we've met so many people through there and it's such a great way of just like of just knowing that there's other human life you know outside of your room especially after this last year of everything going on um we've met some really interesting people we've made some you know mutual gaming friends now and it's it's just a great way to like build a little community that has nothing to do with your regular life but you're like this whole other person online love that <laughs> building community in your bedroom what exactly <laughs> uh, well i will be sure to link everything in the show notes from what we talked about today um as you know at the end of every episode i like to end on a high note or the palate cleanser sort of question and that question is what is the best advice you've ever been given or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self um honestly i i sat here and thought about this and i was like the best advice that i got recently was from um, one of the weekend's songs. And so in it, he, I think it's called scared to live or something, but in it, he says, don't be scared to live again. And I was like, that is like the best advice that I've ever heard because like you, you can just use that to mean anything, like anything that you're going through, you just can't, you can't fear like getting back out there or getting back on the horse and just doing things that are for you. And I'm like, I really needed to hear that right now. Hmm. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at theteawithbrie at gmail.com and visit the website theteawithbreepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.